This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. You are worthy of being the person you want to be and having the relationships that you desire to have. And then the partner that you want to spend your life with, they also are worthy of being with the best possible version of you. So get in there, do the work and embrace this beautiful journey that we're on. Yes. I have always known why Josh is an amazing partner for me right from the beginning. I've always known why I want to spend my entire life with him and everything about him that makes him right to be my partner. And when we found out he was polyamorous and he started dating, there was honestly no part of me that wanted to go back to being monogamous because I realized that that polyamory is a part of what gives him his immense capacity to love, which is one of the things I value most about him and our relationship. At the same time, though, when he started dating, that raised a lot of insecurities in me things that I never could have anticipated. And he kept telling me he loved me and I knew he loved me. I knew he he was telling me the truth, but I didn't know what I was bringing to his life that was of the same value that I saw him bringing to my life. So it brought up all these insecurities and I kept looking to him like for these validations, like Remind me why you love me. Remind me why I'm I'm good for you. Why you want to keep me in your life. And every time he would give me these validations, it would help for a moment, but it was never good enough to keep me feeling secure. And it wasn't until I turned and looked at myself and I had to understand what it was about me that made me a good partner for him. And I had to look honestly and see areas that I could improve, or maybe there were things that I brought to our relationship before and they weren't working anymore. And I had to, I had to look at that with honest eyes and be willing to change those things. So, and once I did that, suddenly I wasn't looking to him for the validations. And every time I was looking to him for validations before, it was like this vicious cycle where it's like, validate me. Okay. I feel better but I know I drained him asking for those validations, but I need more validations. And then I feel like I drained him even more. So it was this vicious cycle. So once I was able to get to a place where I saw for myself what I was bringing to the table, it made everything so much better. Yeah, it's difficult when a partner keeps coming to you and they're being very needy and they're asking for validations and you're like, I uh, know you're a great partner. Let me uh, think of 10 reasons why right. on the spot. I mean, it's a very short-lived validation because yes. it's external. Mm-hmm. There's no backing there. There's no uh, no foundation. So you don't really believe those things, but you're looking outside for somebody to tell you those things about yourself. So it's, right. it's going to be very short-lived. It's going to be just burning out very fast. And then next day you'll find some other things because the ego does this. It has this amazing ability. Like you think it's all good and it finds a little seed and then the seed grows bigger and bigger and bigger. And all of a sudden, boom, you're like, why did you say you love me again? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. And I think too, when I see ways that I could be a better partner, 
my ego wants to turn to him and be like, yeah, well, he could be a better partner in oh, this yeah. way. Mm -hmm. And and that doesn't help either. Yeah. So it was really once I started focusing more on myself and what can I do to be a better partner for you? Not that there's no space to also be like, yeah, well, I, you know, we right. could, I would like to start doing this differently, but focusing more on what you're bringing to the table than the things that you wish your partner would bring it changes the whole dynamic. Yeah. I often force myself to look in the mirror and reevaluate, like, am I a good partner? You know, thinking about it myself first and what areas could I improve on? And then going to my partners and saying, yeah, you hey, ask us, is mm -hmm. there, what can I do different? Or what am I, what areas am I lacking on? What can I improve on? I think that's something we do about once a month, Yeah, you know? Um, and I find that very helpful. It's like, a, um, it just gives me something to always keep working on. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. I definitely recommend doing that on a regular basis and make sure it's in a, when you are in a good spot emotionally. Right. You know, like you don't take it personally. If your partner says, well, you could improve on something. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Be careful not to get defensive because it is hard to hear those things, especially if it's an area that you are already insecure about, or you've been actively working on and they're being like, yeah, it, it's still not meeting my need. Don't be defensive about that. Right. Hear it and yeah, yeah and it's, move it's from a, there. It's important not to punish someone when you're asking for feedback because if you punish them, they'll never give you the honest feedback again. Right. Correct. But you do have to create the time and space to have that kind of uh, direct communication because mm -hmm. the, the first initial reaction, you're like, hey, is there anything you can do? What do you, what do you want to say? You're like, no, honey, you're fine. You're perfect. Like you have to right. dig deeper. Like, no, seriously. But if, if your partner is used to you, if you ask me, my first reaction is not to say, oh, no, you're fine. Because I know you're honest. I know you're not just asking you and it's not just lip service. So I do have a tendency to be honest with you. Mm -hmm. And I know that if I say something, even if you don't like it, you're not going to punish me for it. It's right. not going to turn into an argument. I right. mean, you may not yeah. like what I'm saying, it's not, it doesn't like, so you're a human being. Nobody's going to be like, oh, you think I made a mistake? Yay, me, you know? But you're going to take it and you're going to think about it and you're going to try to fix it. That is an area I struggled with in the past is the defensiveness. I, I think I had this like goody two shoes perfectionist tendency and everybody telling me all the time too, like, oh my God, you're such a good wife. It's perfect wife, perfect mom, whatever. And then when I would get feedback, it's like and it's negative. Con constructive criticism, <laughs> not even negative necessarily, but just like, hey, we've been doing things this way and it, I would prefer to do them this way. Yes. My natural <laughs> reflex is like, yeah. how dare you? Yeah. <laughs> you know? So just call me that again. Don't be defensive. I think that's more of a woman's way of being because I have the same thing. We have been raised to be like you're saying the perfect girl, the good girl. We're supposed and, to be worshipped. Right. And no, no, it's not that. We're no. supposed to be perfect to be perfect for our husbands. And if anybody says anything negative or the mm -hmm. constructive criticism, like you're calling it in a positive way, <laughs> uh, then we're like, oh, so you mean I'm not good enough. Mm -hmm. I'm not a good enough wife. I'm not the perfect good girl that I was raised to be. So we take it very, very personal. Men get constructive criticism all the time. Your world mm. is so different than ours. Yeah. If I'm going to tell you something many times, I look at you and it just rolls off your back. And for me, like I'm getting better at it, but for me, it'd be like, oh my God, like you you think that? Like, that's it. My whole world is yeah. tumbling down. I remember when Trump was ready for office and he uh, 
I, you'd watch these debates and like when any, anybody had any criticism of anything he'd ever done or said in the past, he would never even acknowledge it. He would mm-hmm. just go way off somewhere <laughs> else. And I thought, I was like, how does, how does this work? Like, how, how did he learn to do this? You know, it's like and it, everybody would be so confused. They forget the original question and just go off this way. I, I'm pretty sure there was thought, a, some strategy. Yeah. yeah. And I was like, well, this guy's a master of, you know, confusion or whatever. And then I met you. And I was like... <laughs> Every time I bring up anything, you're like, yeah, you're like, this was going. I was like, oh, you know, a problem with this, and you're like, well, I've developed a PowerPoint presentation (laughs) on the things that you do wrong. (laughs) What? Next thing you know, I'm sitting in class. Taking notes. I forgot what I came in to talk to you about. The last week when you said something, and I, I wasn't even doing it on purpose. I found a reasonable explanation for every single thing that you wanted. Like, not change, but you're saying, I could do this different. I found a reasonable explanation for everything. <laughs> I just do it. You're the yep. master. <laughs> I'm sorry you feel that way. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> Can't believe you said that. <laughs> It's a compliment. I don't know. Is it though? Is it? I think Trump took a class from you. And like, hey, how to spin your way out of anything from the oh down by God. the spin master. Is it true if that would have been the case? We would not have to do this right now. We would be on a beach in Aruba. In my early years, uh, I used to get in relationships in the a relationship was a finality. It was a final achievable thing for me. For some reason, it must have been the happily ever after thing, because for some reason, I never thought past that. You want the relationship with your one and only, the one. So you look for that guy or that girl. And once you find them or you think you find them, you expect everything to be perfect and you expect them to fix any issue, problem or situation you've ever had or you will have in your entire life. You complete me. Yes, exactly. You complete me. And and the story, right? There, there you go. And it's just, it doesn't happen that way because this human being probably has the same, the same hopes, dreams, and issues like you do. So you start uh, making, uh, building a life together, but you're hoping the other person is going to fix whatever uh, mm-hmm. insecurity you have. And when they don't, you think there's something wrong with them. Mm, that's true. So yeah. you're not looking within. You're not looking at yourself, why do I feel this way? Is it me? You're like, oh no, he's just not the right guy for me. Or he's, she's just not the right girl for me. She makes me feel insecure. She makes me feel jealous. So she must be wrong. And from there on, the the breakup happens or the unhappy marriage happens or mm-hmm. the cheating happens or- You start the whole cycle all over again. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. And you keep doing it over and over and you'll just keep doing it. You'll keep repeating your same mistakes until you learn the lesson. Mm-hmm. So what is the lesson? The lesson is look at yourself. If you are the common denominator, if you have the same like, oh, guys are terrible or women are terrible, like, no, you are the common denominator. If you've had bad relationships all your life, it's you. Look in the mirror. See what it is that you're recreating over and over because you're going to do this until you learn your lesson. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. 
Yeah, you keep looking for that partner that's not going to make you jealous, but you never deal with the root issue of You're not why do you get why jealous, you jealous in the first place? Yeah, the ones that exactly. make you insecure. Well, what are you insecure exactly. about? Is there something you can do to fix that? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, great point. If you're looking for a partner, think of how you want that ideal partner to be. And then you become the person that that partner would want to be with, would want to share their life with. That's right. The, that actually reminds me of the first time I came in contact with this notion. It was a Tony Robbins um, self-help class. That's what he does. And he had this little uh, uh, thing you had to do, this little task where he told you uh, pick up a piece of paper and write your ideal 10 qualities or whatever it was. It was many years ago. I don't remember of your uh, uh, partner, the ideal partner, the qualities that you have to have. And then pick up another piece of paper and write the qualities that you think you have to have in order for this partner to be attracted to you. And then after you did all of this, he's like, okay, then take the two pieces of paper and put them side by side and look at them. And you realize that actually they're about the same qualities, more or less. Mm. So yes. that to me, I was, I was pretty young. I was in my early twenties. It was like uh, this like mind blowing thing. I was like, oh my God, I have to be the person that I need to find to make me happy. I'll mm. never find them until I become them. Exactly. Yes. It, was a, it was a very important moment for me. One thing I've noticed is it's the energy I put in to the uh, relationship is what you get back. And that's with any relationship. But in the throuple relationship, it's even more compounded. It's like if I come, if I have a positive attitude in the morning, I'm bringing that around the house. It's like it just seems to be more amplified. Mm -hmm. uh, but if I'm negative and I'm being overly critical, mm -hmm. it's like then your mood goes down, your mood goes down, the, the kids' moods go down. All of a sudden, <laughs> very quickly, the whole house is like the energy is just bad. Yeah. So it's something you have to watch out. It's like a mindset, like I need to be positive because it affects yeah. everybody. We, we have that. I, I don't know if it's us or is it because it's three of us versus two, but I have noticed that more than any time I've ever noticed the, uh, how we feed on each other's mm -hmm. energies. It's, it's crazy. Ask the kids, everyone. Yeah. I think at the same time, though, if one of us is starting the day with a negative mood or something happens throughout the day that brings that mood down and the other two come in to support that person and build them back up, then everything is just so much smoother. Mm -hmm. Whereas if if we allow that one person to bring right. down the energy, like it's so much harder to bring it back after right. that. Right. So yeah, definitely yeah, the, the energies feed off of each other. Right. Yep. Yeah. It compounds. It's important to note too, that we're not talking about changing for someone because I feel like that is a concept that's so demonized, like, oh, you shouldn't change for the person that you want to be with. But if you see something that is not serving the relationship you want to have, then absolutely change not, not change, change but improve for, right or or change like you are insecure you are jealous you, whatever it is right you have something a part of you that you don't want to be a part of your life anymore absolutely change yeah. that even if it's just changing it because you are in this relationship if that's the motivator but it's already something you want to change that's absolutely an okay reason to change for someone mm -hmm. you're really actually changing for yourself you're doing it for yourself mm -hmm. right and then yes. it carries over and it makes everyone in your life happy. yeah changing for yourself and the relationship that that you want and you feel you deserve yeah. and the partner you want to be with deserves yeah, mm -hmm. we do fear change so much don't mm -hmm. we it's uh, building yourself a life that's worth sharing. You're, you're doing all the inner work and personal work yourself to make an environment that other people would want to be a part of. It's part of the law of attraction, right? Is right. It, uh -huh. I mean, you just 
you're creating the life that you would want to have yes. for yourself. And it's something that is attractive to other people. Yes, exactly. Yeah. If you want somebody that's physically fit, get your butt to the gym. You better be, be physically, physically fit. fit. Yeah. If you want somebody that's emotionally stable, you make sure you're emotionally stable. If that means getting professional therapy, get in therapy, mm -hmm. whatever the case may be. Uh -huh. If you're yeah. a woman and you're looking for that man that's six two and makes six figures, you better make be sure six two. Six figures. <laughs> yes, exactly. Does that work there? <laughs> I think it's fair. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. <laughs> Don't forget to hit the like button and subscribe to all our content. Also, uh, just a heads up, we usually have outtakes at the end of every episode. So, and we're pretty around. ridiculous. So, I think you might enjoy this. <laughs> yes, Josh sings and some of them. <laughs> <laughs> Stay tuned. <laughs> to tag on that idea of being willing to change for someone, I think it's imperative that you learn what your partner's love languages are and you learn to show them love in that love language. Even if it feels completely foreign to you, it's so important that you be able to show them how you love them in the way that's native to you and also the way that they most receive that. I agree. It's very important. And uh, I personally had to learn certain love languages because I don't, I didn't have the same love language. Like for example, like uh, Josh, you love gifts and I have nothing <laughs> to do with gifts. Actually, I find it very stressful. So it was a mindful um action that i had to take which at first doesn't sound very romantic right like yes. because mm -hmm. it wasn't something that came from the heart but it was it came from the heart in the sense that i wanted to like do something for you so i've learned to look for little gifts and give you little surprises and it's like just to knowing that it would make you happy it would please you but yes even though you know you love your partners it's do they know that right. you love them and you can't just uh, assume that, you know, you can't make an assumption that they feel love just because you are exercising your love languages towards loving them. Yeah. Well, but this is actually two things, knowing that your partner loves you and feeling that your partner loves you. Because exactly. like the feeling part is where the love languages are. Like you, you most of the time you'll know your partner loves you, right? Mm -hmm. Hopefully. Mm -hmm. But do you feel love? But that's where the love languages come in, right? Mm -hmm. Yes. And I, I'm not talking about this from a place of authority. This is something I struggle with all the time. Uh -huh. uh, me and Shar were in a relationship for a long time, and we don't. We're not that affectionate, like huggy. You know, we're not. Mm -hmm. I, I grew up in a family that was not I very affectionate. Same. Yeah, and Shar <laughs> didn't. So, uh, but Liv likes hugs, and she likes you know the affection all the time. So it's something I've had to get used to. Um, it didn't come natural to me. You have to get used to being like loved and hugged all the time and chased around the house. I call it smothering, but yeah. <laughs> Well, you're not getting any tomato, you're getting tomato. Away. You're not getting anyway. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I think especially early on in the relationship, as you're getting to know each other and as everyone needs more reassurances, like check in, is your love tank full right now? What could I be doing differently? Again, that coming to each other when your defenses are not up saying, what could I be doing better? How loved do you feel? Is there anything I could be doing differently that would make you feel more loved in this relationship? And if you're already partnered and then you're adding a new partner or just dynamics are changing with one of the partners, check in 
again with all those partners, because as dynamics change, a lot of times what somebody needs from you is also going to change. So make space for, for those changing dynamics and the changing needs. What I needed once Josh started dating was different than what I needed from him good point. when we were monogamous. And in fairness, what he needed from me also changed because he was getting his needs filled from another partner. So yeah, just make space with that, check in with each other more. Um, yeah, to keep those defenses down. Mm-hmm. I agree. Yeah, it, it talks about the, we and we uh, mention it on all our episodes, how a relationship is a living, uh, changing organism. Mm-hmm. It will change all the time. Don't assume that just because you know your partner, you knew your partner five years ago, when you met them, everything stays the same and it's never going to need any tweaks and yeah. changes. Even the love languages change from they time do. to time. So that, they a, actually do, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, and if you're already partnered and you're in a relationship dynamic changes and your partner is experiencing NRE and you start experiencing insecurities or just needing more reassurances, don't try not to get offended or defensive when, if your partner doesn't notice those changes in you, because NRE is very, very real. And this is not a negative thing, but it can be blinding to the person experiencing it like they can just be so caught up in the like all the lovey-dovey feels Mm. and they feel like it's overflowing to you when in reality like you're struggling with it so if you are struggling with that communicate that to them you know and try to not do it in an angry way or accusatory like look i love that you're feeling this way if you're feeling compersion communicate that but say even though i have compersion for you I'm feeling like this and just be open and honest with each other there. So here's another way to think about this. Uh, if you found yourself back on the dating market right now, what would you be doing differently uh, to attract another mate than what you are currently doing in your current relationship? I wouldn't do anything. <laughs> I did everything just right as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> <laughs> or are there things that you would do for a new relationship that you're not doing for your current relationship? Like, are you dressing sexy or are you in sweatpants when they get home? Are you going to the gym or are you parked on the couch eating potato chips? Like, yeah, like Sarah talked about. She was our guest. I would love some potato chips on the couch right now. (laughs) (laughs) What are we talking about? That's how the comfortable (laughs) sex in. Potato chip on the tummy. Yeah. A little sauce here on the side. Yes. (laughs) I know before I was back out of the dating market, uh, I kept pretty good care, uh, good care of myself. I liked to go to the gym. I ate healthy, did all that mm-hmm. stuff or whatever. But it was like, once I realized I had to go the comp, how steep the competition was out there. It's like, well, I better train twice as hard. And I need yeah. to really diet down and I need to step up my wardrobe. And it was like, you, I, I had to crank everything up to the next level. If I wanted to get the best dates, if you want to track the best uh, dates, you had to look the best and your photos had to be good and on the dating apps and all this stuff. So you definitely crank it up no matter what. Uh, and then since then though, I think I've done a good job just keeping that level It's like, just maintain that once you get to that. Yeah, I would say definitely. There was a lot that changed about you when you started dating, but you are absolutely not that person that's like, okay, once, once I have the partner, like, okay, I'm comfortable now. I can go back to just dressing in my sweatpants and not, not grooming myself. Like, yeah, I think the changes in you and in me, like they both, it, it was sustained and, and maybe that's because they were changes that we wanted to make in ourselves. You know, it was uh-huh. changing. It was changing in the hopes that we would get that amazing person, but 
changing for ourselves. It's a big difference between you see the monogamous couple that have been together 15, 20 years or whatever, right. how they look versus their friends that are on the dating market. Yes. They're, they're yes. keeping themselves trim and, mm -hmm. you know, it's it's a different environment. So Very. Right. Yeah. That's a that's a personality thing, too. And like you and I had this conversation before and I feel like I'm an outlier there because I don't get ready and I don't put my makeup on and I don't go to the gym for anybody other than myself. So I was always this way. Like this is how I was raised. Like my mom told me, you have to look absolutely perfect at all times and you do it for yourself. And I was raised this way. So when my relationship, I actually, the problem is when I was in monogamous relationships earlier in my uh, life, when I didn't know how to pick my partners very well, I did have problems where my partners would get jealous and um, unhappy about the fact that I would continue to take care of myself like I always had mm -hmm. when I met them. It made them feel insecure. Mm -hmm. And I had to, I, had, I always asked, why are you doing this? Who are you doing this for? Interesting. I was like, I'm doing it for myself. I'm supposed to look good. I look good when you met me. I'm gonna continue to look good throughout my life and I'm not doing it for you or I'm not gonna I'm not gonna stop doing it because it makes you feel insecure. Mm -hmm. So that's the 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 and result of of it for me, like I do it for myself. But yes, if I go out on a date, I will put extra effort because I want to look good, like our previous uh, guess Danielle said, like, put in the effort, make sure this person that you're going out on a date with, that you're spending the day with, that you're like, knows that they, they're worth it. They're worth your time. They're worth your, your, um, energy. It's important. I never once left the house in sweatpants, but one time I, I had a you cold. you look cute with it though. <laughs> I had a cold that I ran to night, uh, to Walgreens to get some NyQuil. And in line in my sweatpants with my NyQuil in hand, I felt like such a slob. I was like, you loser. <laughs> Why did you? How did you oh, let people see you like terrible? <laughs> yeah, one of the few times in our relationship where we both were sick at the same time. And it's like, I think I was too sick to even think about going out. And he's like, he came, he came back with his head hanging like, down. Like, like, I am one of those people <laughs> now. I'm sweatpants outside the house. Like, wearing sweatpants now, it's cool. You got it. Yeah, yeah, it's cool. It's like they have this new kids. You, you have some sweatpants that are really cute on you. I saw them. <laughs> no one else ever will. We'll never go outside. I'm never like a girl. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I most specifically like to take them off of you. They have little zippers. It's a challenge. Yeah. Yes, yes. When you forget that he's wearing uh, the ones uh, that have uh, the zippers at the ankles, like, God damn it. Yes, European <laughs> soccer player. That's a drop. Uh, I love it. <laughs> It makes me think of home. <laughs> if you were going to break up with yourself over one thing, what would it be? Think about it, honestly. It's most likely the first thing that popped into your head. I'm not talking about self-deprecation, woe is me, I'm so awful, but honestly, look at yourself. It may be something that has served you well in the past, but is no longer serving you well now and not serving who you want to be and where you want your relationships to go. So be willing to look at that honestly and let go of things and then start putting in the work. Think of what you can do to overcome that thing. Get professional therapy if that's what you need. Read books, listen to podcasts. I hear Trouble Talk podcast is a very good resource. <laughs> also think about why would you not break up with yourself? What is it about you that is beautiful, that is good, that brings beauty to your partner's life. Mm -hmm. Value. Yeah, what is it about the essence of who you are that the person you wanna spend their life, your life with is gonna find value in? 
embrace that, build that up. Once I started working on myself, all of my relationships got better, not just with Josh, but also once we met Liv with Liv, with the kids, with my friends, like, I know I say it all the time, like truly every area of my life got better once I started really looking at myself and working on myself and becoming who I want to be. And you are worthy of being the person you want to be and having the relationships that you desire to have. And then the partner that you want to spend your life with, they also are worthy of being with the best possible version of you. So get in there, do the work and embrace this beautiful journey that we're on. Yes. Stop sabotaging yourself because of fear. You deserve better. Stay tuned for the outtakes at the end of this episode. Like and subscribe our content and share it with all your friends. All of them. Please leave us a comment to let us know what you thought about this episode. And we'll see you next time. Bye. 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 Stay tuned for the outtakes. Thank you so much for joining us. And don't forget to like, subscribe, and save. Save? What the f*** <laughs> Like, subscribe, and save, and cut out the coupon. <laughs> it was flowing so good till then. It was. Like, subscribe, and save. And save. <laughs> you know what the problem is? He was super frankly okay with me. It sounded very good. It was like, subscribe Where did I get like, subscribe, well, and save? What's right. save coming from? Subscribe and save. Subscribe and save. Why did I say that? Amazon. <laughs> Amazon got us. They own our ass. Don't forget to subscribe and save on Amazon. <laughs> oh my God. I can only well, Drupal Talk <laughs> is on Amazon Podcast. So. <laughs> I just light it. It's like, hey, 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 hey. <laughs>